This is Technical Talkout, Episode 3, and we are on the eve of UFC 247, John Jones versus Dominic Reyes. We'll be breaking down that card, as well as talking about the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020, and the outlook for the rest of the year for different weight classes. Let's jump in with UFC 247, John Jones versus Dominic Reyes. The They are the main event, that's obviously for the light heavyweight title, and John Jones is making a return after taking a decision away from Anthony Smith as well as Tiago Santos. Now, a lot of people have questioned him, his fight with Tiago Santos, saying he was exposed, that he Tiago Santos just needed a few... If he didn't get hurt and blow both of his knees, basically, Tiago Santos could have won that fight. And John Jones's defense was that he wasn't even trying to wrestle with him. He just wanted to strictly strike with him, and that's the result. John Jones still took away the... walked away with the victory, but... You know, that left a lot of people asking, like, you know, is somebody ever going to stop John Jones? Because the division is kind of looking pretty slim after that. We have John Jones versus Dominic Reyes. And then after that, you it's a list of whoever John Jones has already beaten. You have Anthony Smith. He's already beaten. Daniel Cormier already beaten. Thiago Santos already beaten. The only people on here he hasn't are Corey Anderson, Jan Blakowicz, and that's kind of it. The rest of the top 10, he's already fought. He's already beat. So it kind of begs the question is like, after, if John Jones wins, what's next for him? Dominic Reyes has gotten there after a nice knockout of Chris Weidman. He, I don't think it was the most impressive performance. I don't think it really told how good Dominic Reyes is. More so that Chris Weidman shouldn't have been in there with him. At a higher weight class, not coming off his best performances. You know, he's he's been dropped and knocked out not too long ago, so it's it was kind of strange to see him in there, but Dominic Reyes capitalized, knocked him out, and earned himself a title shot against John Jones. But if you look at like who they fought, obviously John Jones has fought Murderer's Row. He took out light heavyweight division when it was just at its peak. He ran through everyone he could. He took all fights, beat Rampage, beat Rashad, beat Shogun, beat Leota Machida. It was just a who's who of the light heavyweight division that John Jones ran through. He stopped Ryan Bader from taking off, and now Ryan Bader is the two-weight champ over at Bellator. So I don't see Dominic Reyes winning this fight. I don't see John Jones... I don't see Dominic Reyes holding off a John Jones finish. I see a third-round finish submission from John Jones. I don't think Dominic Reyes... He's big, just like John Jones, and he's long and lanky, but I don't think he has it. <clears throat> John Jones has fought long, lanky, tall guys before with reach, but never enough reach. And I don't think Dominic Reyes has that to get him. Now, I would have liked to have seen Chris Weidman. The Chris Weidman that did his title run before Luke Rockhold fight John Jones. That what I thought I thought would have been better, but you know, more and more I go on, I don't think it would have changed anything. Don, John Jones would have still walked away. But good for Dominic Reyes. He's getting his opportunity, and he can shock the world. He's coming in as the underdog, but, I mean, why wouldn't he? John Jones is probably the greatest of all time to do it. He put it together the best, took every, everything he learned. He wasn't just a wrestler that dominated with his wrestling. He was a wrestler who learned to strike and kickbox and just mix it up, used his length. Just, he, he is the epitome. He is the definition of mixed martial arts. So moving on to the next fight of the card, we have Valentina Shevchenko versus Caitlin Chukagan. 
I don't see... I, I, this is another fight that I see as a dominant performance for the champion. I don't see Caitlin Chukagan really bringing anything to the table that Valentina hasn't already seen. I mean, she's coming off of that nasty head kick knockout of Jessica I, the same Jessica I who took a split decision from Caitlin Chukagan. Um, I, I see, you know, the same Valentina who fought Edmanda Nunez twice to a decision, arguably winning one of them, even though she didn't get the nod. A lot of people think it could have went her way. She's just been a killer. What she did to Joanna Young Jacek was just absolutely, like, vile. She dominated her. She was definitely the bigger person coming down a weight class, but she flung her around, outstruck her, just outmuscled her. Just Joanna, who's just looked like a monster, didn't look like she deserved to be in the same octagon as Valentina Shevchenko. I, I don't think it's going to be any different with Caitlin Chukagan. Again, good for her. I think this is a nice shot. Um, you know, she's coming off of two wins, both decisions, one over Joanne Calderwood and the other one off of Jennifer Maya. I don't think either of those were really fights to decide the next contender, but the division's small and eventually they will all mix up. So good for her on getting that shot. <clears throat> the next big card or the next big fight on the card, which are really heavily promoting, is the opener of the pay-per-view card. Derek Lewis versus, versus Ilir Latifi. Now, unfortunately, Ilir is not coming off of the best streak right now. You know, he he got knocked out by Ryan Bader and took a decision from Tyson Pedro. He beat Ovin St. Preux with a guillotine, and then he lost a decision to Corey Anderson then got knocked out by Volkan Ozdemir. I mean, if you get knocked out by Volkan Ozdemir, which isn't a bad thing because Volkan knocks out people, but Derek Lewis really knocks out people. Like he he just needs a punch. Um, unless Elir is he's unless he's able to take down Derek Lewis and really get after him that way, I don't see him winning the fight. I don't really see him making out of the first two rounds. Um, I think eventually Derek Lewis catches him, hits him, and puts him out. I mean, Derek Lewis hasn't been knocked out yet. Uh, in the UFC, oh, I'm sorry, he's been knocked out by Matt Mitrione, Sean Jordan. And that's kind of it. The Laos, the last time he was knocked out was 2015. Since then, he's gone on a tear. And I correct myself. He actually was knocked out or TKO'd by Mark Hunt and Junior Dos Santos. But he I was, he was kind of given that win against Blagoy Ivanov. If you watch that flight, that fight, Blagoy was kind of taking him down. He was taking all the shots that Derek Lewis was throwing at him. He was getting hit, getting hit, and still nothing. Um, but I take that back. You know, Derek Lewis has been nothing since uh, he's been nothing but finished. You know, he he's beaten a lot of people by knockouts. His only decision wins are against Francis, Blagoy, and uh, Roy Nelson. But you know, he's when it's come to losses he's been finished so this is interesting to see but i don't see ilir knocking him out maybe i i just don't see ilir with the same level of strength and technique carried up to heavyweight as say blagoy who gave him everything he had but still couldn't get the win so that's going to be an interesting fight it could be a short fight on the preliminary card there's not too many big names um we have lauren murphy versus kgb andrew lee and no one's really ranked in any of these weights, so this is kind of not that big, not that stacked of a card. You know, it's 
it's nice that they're putting this on. You have a big name like John Jones, and then you have Valentino on there, but it, the rest of it kind of falls through. The people they're fighting aren't big marquee names, and the rest of the card just is made up of not top tens outside of the outside of the three cards or three fights they're really promoting on the card. But before that, we had at the one of the very first cards of 2020, which was Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone. And I wanted to talk about this for a while. This was a good card. I thought uh, the way they put this up, this was, I thought it was a good card. I was really happy with the amount of fights on there. It wasn't as deep as UFC 245, but it was pretty deep. Um, starting at the bottom of the main card, we had Carlos Diego Ferreira versus Anthony Pettis, which I was kind of upset about. I thought Anthony Pettis was going to come away with a win. I was really hoping he was going to come away with a win. You know, he's had a rough, he's had a little bit of a rough time. You know, he, he lost Tony Ferguson. Then he knocks out Wonderboy. Then he loses to Nate and then he gets submitted by Carlos Diego Fajera. And I thought that was going to be a knockout for him. I thought he was going to be able to fight off the takedowns. He was going to be keeping his distance enough to where he could pick his shots, clip him, and then probably finish him. Maybe even submit him, just like he did with, uh, uh, maybe even submit him, just like he did with, I'm trying to think, sorry, Charles Oliveira, he guillotined him. I mean, he's really dangerous. I mean, he's submitted uh, Gilbert Melendez, you know, he submitted Benson Henderson. So you knew he was dangerous with his submissions as well as his strikes. I mean, he submitted uh, Michael Chiesa, who we just saw beat down on Rafael Dos Anjos. Yeah, he he put it on him. And that's that's kind of a good example of MMA math that it doesn't work out. Pettis or Dos Anjos beat Pettis, Pettis beat uh Chiesa, Chiesa beat Dos Anjos. Like it doesn't work out that way sometimes. But I thought it was a good fight. Holly Holm obviously just ran away with it against Raquel Pennington. She didn't stop her, but she put on a pretty dominant performance. She showed how good she is and that she still remains as a perennial contender. Cowboy, Connor, that was, it was really surprising, upsetting, and impressive all at the same time. You had this big buildup. You have Cowboy, who's just a fucking killer. And even in his losses, he's a killer. You know, and he's been making a run, you know, a comeback. You know, he went three fight wins with Mike Perry, Alex Hernandez, and Al Quinta. You know, and then the Tony Ferguson fight, it was back and forth until kind of the second round Tony started taking over then he blew his nose and his eye swelled up Gaethje I, I didn't see Cowboy win in this one unfortunately Gaethje's been on too much of a tear he's just looking too good and he showed that against Cowboy and the Connor I thought he would have had a better chance I thought he could have still lost but there was more chance I gave him to win against Connor than I did against Gaethje I thought he was going to be able to at least find some good distance you know avoid Connor's really flashy things secure takedown and possibly get a choke like that's that's cowboy, cowboy. But you know that's also cowboy that he's going to strike with him. And unfortunately for cowboy, you know Connor came out with that big left missed. Cowboy ducks, runs into a thigh, basically a knee, and then Connor pops him with those shoulder shots, which you can't really train for because nobody throws them. You wouldn't expect to be hit with the, he thought he thought he got hit with an elbow. And then Connor proceeded to, you know, the only time cowboy got a shot off was a head kick that was blocked. Connor returned it, which ended the fight basically. You know, he got he hit him and then just started picking at him until the ref stopped it. 
it was unfortunate to watch. And you know, Cowboy's not a quitter like Stephen A. Smith says, but it's just, it was, it wasn't the best performance and the best, it wasn't Cowboy at his best. You know, we, we've seen Cowboy at his best. He's just, he's been a monster. We've seen him like, you know, he knocked out Matt Brown, that crazy combination he put over Rick's story, you know, he, he's just good. He was just good. And then he went on a three fight losing streak with, uh, Masvidal who stopped him. And then I thought, I thought he won that fight against Robbie Lawler, but then Darren Till, you know, he gets the win over Yancey Medeiros. Then he takes on Leon Edwards, who at the time really wasn't that big or on that great of a streak. But, you know, as we see now, Leon Edwards has really put it together and beaten a lot of people. Um, you know, he's on a eight fight win streak, you know, all in the UFC. His last loss was to Kamara Usman back in 2015. That was a decision. And since then, he's beaten really good names like Vincent Luque. Vincente Luque, he's beaten Peter Sabata. He beat Donald Cerrone. He beat Gunnar Nelson. And he beat Rafael Dos Anjos. That's a pretty impressive resume. But, you know, Cowboy, he just didn't have it in him in that fight. And he, he didn't really ever get it off. He just stood there. And immediately, like, Connor played his game. Connor controlled the fight. That wasn't a cowboy fight. That was a Connor fight. And that just showed how impressive Connor is. And I know there's a lot of people with speculations. I don't think anything happened. I think Connor just came in there and beat Cowboy. Now, I think in a 10 fight, you know, if if they fight 10 times, I don't think that happens again. I just think this was the one time where he it just played out perfectly for Connor. He looked so good in, you know, in his return party back to the UFC after getting beaten by Khabib. You know, he just looked great. This was a good opportunity for him. It's good for the UFC. I don't think he deserves a shot against Khabib again. I think he needs to win a few fights, at least a few fights at lightweight. And there's a lot of people there waiting for him. And Khabib's hands are tied. He's got a fight. There's a lot of people that I think Connor could be dancing with that at both weights, actually, welterweight and lightweight. I think there's a lot of opportunity. But for the meantime, I don't think Connor deserves a shot. It was a really impressive performance over a really dangerous opponent, but I don't think he deserves the next lightweight shot after Tony Ferguson and Khabib. Now, before that, we had UFC 245, which it was an absolutely stacked card. This was a really, really good card. It was the last card. It was the last UFC pay-per-view event of the 2019 year and it was just it lived up to its hype you had the open i mean you had on the prelims you had uh matt brown and ben saunders two greedy veterans go after it and of course matt brown with the elbows he just those are his things and it was just great to see him get that win then you had jeff neal mike perry like jeff neal took it to him he really put it on mike perry like we haven't seen before stopped him with a head kick and then punches and it was just really really impressive and then on that earlier on that card we had uh chase hooper you know the dream the young kid he came in there looking like a mini skinny ben Askren, and he really put on a performance and he got the win over with elbows over dave tamer but moving on to the main card the the main card was just stacked from top to bottom peter yan uriah faber uriah was kind of outmatched he just coming back after I think he had one win prior to this fight. After, <coughs> excuse me. And then before that was retirement. Yeah, he had Brad Pickett in 2016. And then he comes back and beats Ricky Simon uh, in July. And 
feels good. Takes on Peter Yawn, who Peter Yawn is just a killer. He only has one professional loss, and that was back in 2016. Ever since then, he's been on a tear, and he's on a five-fight win streak leading up to your eye favor, so now six. And he beats him with a head kick, and kind of unfortunate. It was really sad, but we really liked it's, it was really good. I was really hoping your eye was going to win that one, but Peter Yawn proved who he is. And then we had Marlon and Jose. I didn't see Marlon Rice winning that fight. I personally thought... I, I, I was expecting at the beginning maybe a Marlon Marais knockout. I thought Marais was going to stop Jose Aldo. He's so powerful, explosive, fast. But he I think he hit Jose with one head kick, which kind of wobbled him. And then he got a takedown. The rest of the fight was Jose's fight. He was picking him apart. He was leading the dance. I don't see how Marlon Marais won that fight in the judges' eyes. I think it should have went to Jose. I, I was really sad because I was Jose dropping down to 135 and he looked fantastic. He just, everyone is worried about his weight cut and how skinny he was. He looked great. He performed great and I thought he won that fight. Then we have a, the women's bantamweight fight with Amanda Nunes versus Jorain Randaman. That was pretty interesting. At the beginning, it looked like Amanda Nunes was headhunting. It looked like she was really trying to win the fight via stoppage. Then something shifted. Durandame got comfortable standing, which she should because she is just a Muay Thai monster. She's a Muay Thai world champion. And she really showed how good she is on the feet, forcing Amanda Nunes to try and wrestle her. There was a period where, in the clinch, I think Durandame was landing knees. I think she got her with a question mark kick at one point and just Nunes wanted no more stand-up. She didn't want anymore. She's the person who's knocked out Cyborg, knocked out Holly Holm, didn't want anything to do with Durandame on the feet anymore. She wrestled her. She controlled her, and that she won the fight that way. She kept her belt, but it was just pretty impressive the way Duran Duranime forced her to wrestle because she was scared of standing with her. Like it's, That shows you how good she is, and I think Duranime is going to come back strong, probably going to get a, next, a finish in her next fight and get another shot. Moving up to the featherweight, we had <clears throat> Volkanovski, Max Holloway. I was really frustrated with this fight. I thought... Max Holloway was going to be able to win this one. It was a competitive fight, but it wasn't close. Max Holloway just let Volkanovski like dictate it. He tried to, I don't know if he was playing counterpuncher to him or he was just not aware of the leg kicks, but he let Volkanovski play his game. He let Volkanovski control him with leg kicks, get on the inside, pop him. When he, like, when he was in range, Holloway would hit him, but it just wasn't enough. I mean, Volkanovski was tearing that leg apart so much so he was switching stances and to Max's credit he was still fighting great even switching stances but Volkanovski that was his fight he earned that victory and you know I don't I don't know if I would say Volkanovski or if Holloway should get another title shot immediately against Volkanovski but sometimes you just got to keep the weight class moving and if it's tied up sure but if there are people who are ready to fight for the belt and deserve it then I think Holloway just should fight somebody else, should fight a top contender to get a shot again. But I think Holloway, in a rematch, wins that one. I think he get, comes in smarter. I think he uses his length better. He uses his jab, his distance, his kicks. And I I don't think Volkanovski beats him the second time. He definitely earned this one. It wasn't a fluke. But I think the second time, Max comes back and beats him. And then the main event, we had Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington, which led, which lived up to the hype. That was just crazy. That was an awesome fight. 
Um, it was nonstop, no wrestling at all, which was really, really like surprising. I thought someone was going to try and wrestle the other. I was more expecting Kobe, Kobe to try and wrestle with Kamaru, but nothing. No takedown attempts, no, no real threats of any kind of takedowns. It was just standing kickboxing. And Colby would get off a bunch of shots. Colby was getting off, I think, more of the shots and landing more of the shots, but Kamara was landing the bigger shots. He didn't land as many, but you can tell the difference in power when Kamara was landing. He was hitting him and Colby was going back. So I thought going into the fifth, it was Colby's fight. Going into the fifth, it was Colby's fight to lose. And he did. You know, Kamaru kept that same pace. He kept the same power and the same pace throughout the whole fight, which is crazy. And he stopped Colby. He eventually popped him enough times where he dropped him and finished him. And I think Colby said he was coming up on a single, so he was protesting it, but he obviously wasn't out. But I don't know. I'm <clears throat> I'm mixed. I feel like you should have let it go because it is a championship fight. You're going into the fifth round. But at the same time, he's taken four and a half rounds of punishment. And at some point, you just got to stop it and worry about the safety of the fighter. And I think that was a fine stoppage. I would have been okay either way. I was okay with the stoppage, but had he not stopped him, I wouldn't have been screaming for the stoppage. But <clears throat> I think that fight was really good, and I I was really happy with that whole card. I thought that was a really good card for the UFC. <clears throat> it was a really good card for fans. It moved the visions along. But now we have to see what else happens. Um, and then prior to that, we had the fight for the BMF. We had Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal. Uh, I thought I thought that fight was really, really just a testament to how good Masvidal is. Um, I, I mean... It was Masvidal's fight. Really, in those first opening rounds, like, Nate Diaz couldn't get off any defense or any offense. You know, Nate Diaz was just basically trying not to get hit. Not saying he was scared. He wouldn't be scared, but he just, he couldn't fight him the way he fights everybody else. Like, Masvidal was just too quick. He had too much firepower that he would hit him with. But there was that point going into the third round, I think it was, that like it looked like Masvidal might have started to slow down and Diaz was actually starting to land shots. Now we've seen that before where Diaz kind of is a slow starter, but he when he finds his range, he puts it on you. Uh, but we didn't get to see that because we had a doctor stoppage. He had a nasty cut over his eye and then the doctor who was watching, the ringside doctor said, nah, I'm good. We're, gonna, we're not going to see anymore. You know, I'm going to protect this fighter. <clears throat> and you know, that, that makes sense. It's as a medical professional, it's his job to make sure everyone is healthy and able to fight. So he decided that it would that that's how it would end. Unfortunately for the fans in New York and the and, and the fighters themselves, it was done. And we all felt kind of robbed. But, you know, Masvidal just showed how good he is. He went in and grappled with Nate too. No problem. Went in there, wasn't afraid of him. Nate, but I mean, who knows what would have happened in the championship rounds, the 4 or 5. We didn't get to see that. On that same card, we had Darren Till, Kelvin Gastelum. Darren Till fought a really defensive fight, but still won. He, you know, he he basically fought to not lose while still trying to get as much 
points as he could. He wasn't looking to finish. He wasn't looking to get into his slugfest, which is smart because Kelvin knocks people out in the slugfest. That's where it is. If you're not careful, you get knocked out. Um, so that's pretty interesting to see where Kelvin goes in the middleweight. We had Steven Thompson defeat Vincente Luque, which is a good fight. That it just Steven Thompson really came in there and showed him how good he is, showed us how good he still is, even coming off of that knockout uh, with Anthony Pettis knocking him out off the cage. And this brings us back to Derek Lewis and the Blagoy Ivanov fight. Blagoy, I think, just really, I think that was his fight. And I thought he won, but they gave it to Lewis. And, you know, Blagoy took everything Lewis had. He was getting clipped, getting hit, clean shots, stood there and kept going. But the real surprise of that night were two fights, Kevin Lee and Gregor Gillespie. Gregor Gillespie was undefeated going into it. Nobody wanted to fight him. He was just this wrestling monster, just putting it on everybody. And Kevin Lee knocks him out with a head kick. Beautiful. And it was just done. Gregor Gillespie got sent to another dimension, and I thought it was a really impressive performance. And he had Corey Anderson defeating Johnny Walker, which I'm really happy about. <clears throat> I like Corey Anderson. He's been there a long time. And Johnny Walker was just, he's kind of a little too, I wasn't really a big fan of him for the fact that he's, you know, really brash, really wild. And then he hurts himself in his post-fight celebration. That's, uh, whatever. Not my thing. But now we get to what the rest of the year is going to look like. We talked about John Jones's card, but now we have, let's talk, let's start with the lightweight at least. We're going to kind of forego the flyweight and bantamweight. Light or with featherweight, obviously now we have Volkanovski sitting up top. Max Holloway is number one, but we have a really interesting mix down through the top ten. You know we've got <clears throat> we've got Brian Ortega at number two, who hasn't fought since his title defense loss or his title shot against Max Holloway, where he lost. You know we haven't seen him fight since then. We have Zabit Magomed Sharipov, who's just looking like a killer. Like he's against Calvin Qatar that last round. He it didn't look like. If like if there were more rounds, it looks like Calvin was going to win, but Zabich just, he earned that spot at number three. You have Korean Zombie, who's coming off of that win over Frankie Edgar. You have Yair, who's coming off of that win over Jeremy Stevens. Then you have Frankie, Hinata Moicano, Josh Emmett, Calvin Qatar. <clears throat> that top 10, even in the top 15, you have Ryan Hall, Sadiq Yusuf. Like, it's just, there's a lot that needs to go on in that division. It needs to keep moving because you have so much talent. And anyone in the top 10 can be can be champion. That's that's that kind of division. I think that same thing is with uh, lightweight. <clears throat> you have Khabib as a champ, number one Tony, which they're fighting in April. And I'm praying to the MMA guys that no one gets hurt. No, nothing pulls from this fight. We just get to see it as it is. And then you have Poirier, who lost to uh, Khabib recently. You have Connor, who lost to Khabib. You have Gaethje, who's clawing his way up with his recent win over uh, Cerrone. And Gaethje has just been on a tear. Justin Gaethje has just had some really impressive stoppage. Uh, he recently, obviously there was a knockout of Donald Cerrone. He TKO'd him. That was in September. Earlier, earlier that year, he knocks out Edson Barboza. Then he knocks, before that, he knocks out James Vick. But before that, he was knocked out two times in a row. Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier. Those are both fights he was just kind of like swinging and winging and I know with the the Poirier fight I was watching it I was calling it, I was like he's gonna get clipped with after that leg kick Poirier's gonna eat that leg kick and hit him back he's gonna time it and he finally did in the fourth round <clears throat> but he just looked in those last three fights has just looked phenomenal 
He took it to Edson Barboza on the feet and knocked him out. I, I don't see... Gaethje should get the next shot after Tony or uh, after the Tony-Khabib fight, or he should fight Connor. I think that would be great. I think that would still keep the division moving, but even after that, uh, in the lightweight, you still have Donald Cerrone, who's had a big skid. You have Paul Felder, who's coming off of that win over <clears throat> Edson Barboza, even though it might have been a little bit gifted. Um, then you have Dan Hooker, who I think Paul Felder's fighting later. Kevin Lee, who just came back on the division after knocking out Gregor Gillespie. I came to who holds the win over Kevin Lee, then Barboza. Again, you know, most of the, <clears throat> most of that top 15, outside of the top 10, you have Gregor Gillespie, you have Charles Oliveira, you have Islam Makachev, and Alex Hernandez. You have top 15, the, the top 15 of the division, any one of those guys can fight for a title. Like, they're going to get there. And the same thing with welterweight. Like, they're, like I'm just, I think it's crazy how stacked uh, 45, 55, and 70 are. Again, like, really most of the top 15 could probably be fighting for a title within the next few years. Dos Anjos, who had a bit of a skid, but you had Tyron, who uh, <clears throat> should be fighting soon. I want to say he was meant to fight someone and pulled out. But we're we're pretty excited to see him back because that... that I think he can get a win against Kamaru, but yeah, I don't see he have any fight lined up. <clears throat> he was supposed to fight Robbie Lawler. He pulled out. That's when <clears throat> Colby stepped in and put on that performance against Robbie. But then you have Leon Edwards, who Woodley's fighting on in March. So that's going to take care of two of the top 10 guys there. <clears throat> but you have Tyron at one, Colby number two, Masvidal at three. I mean, Either of these guys can be going back for a, a title shot against Kamar, whether it's rematches or new fighters, Masvidal. I think Dana said it's scheduled. You have Leon Edwards, who Tyron's fighting. Damian Maia, who I honestly don't think is going to be fighting for a shot again. Steven Thompson, I do think, could fight for a shot. Same with Michael Chiesa. Rafael Dos Anjos, I don't think he's going to get another shot. I don't think he's going to work his way up. Neither is Nate, Nate Diaz, Robbie Lawler. Jeff Neal, give him a few years. He'll be up there. Gilbert Burns, um, I think possibly he could get to the top five. I don't think Anthony Pettis is going to get a title shot at 170. Vincente Luque or Conor McGregor. If McGregor gets a shot at 170, it's because he was gifted it. It, it didn't just, like, he didn't earn it. But I don't think, it's really the top 10 that are going to be getting, that can be champion. And then you kind of get to middleweight and, and light heavyweight. Middleweight, you've got Israel, who's just looking like a killer. Like, no no problem, his his last test is Yoel. If he passes Yoel, it's kind of like he's beaten everybody. But you have Whitaker at one, Paulo Costa at two, which when he fought Yoel, I thought I thought Yoel had won, but they awarded Costa the fight. You have Yoel at three, who's getting a shot against Israel. Jared Kennanier, who is kind of looking impressive. He beat Jack Hermanson. He's looking really good. I think if he gets one more win, he could probably get a title shot. I think he's one win away from a title shot. You have Darren Till, who's moved up to number five after that win over Kelvin Gasolum. Then you have Jack Hermanson at six, who lost, obviously, to Cannoneer. Kelvin, who lost to Darren Till. Brunson, Edmund Shabazian, Uriah Hall, Brad Tavares. I think Uriah Hall can maybe make the top five, but I don't see anyone else outside of like the top five currently getting a shot at Israel. I don't see anyone else in the next 10 from 
from five to 15, really being able to work their way up, except Kelvin to get a shot again at the title. Light heavyweights, not looking that good. I mean, you have John Jones, but after that, like after he beats, if he beats Dominic Reyes, the only other person he hasn't fought really is, uh, Corey Anderson, who I think would deserve it. Jan Blakowicz, you know, he beat, he knocked out Luke Rockhold. Then he beat, uh, in a slight fight against, uh, Jacare. I I don't think he's going to get up there unless the division's so weak that he just gets one more win and gets shot right for a title shot. But I think it should be Corey Anderson next, but that's kind of how the division is. is Corey Anderson's coming off of a knockout over Johnny Walker and, He's going to probably be in line for a title shot after this. But it would be nice to have John Jones lose because it, it moves the division along. You know, the belt can now change hands because when you have somebody as dominant as John Jones, you're not going to... It's going to stay him. And I think he's going to retire with that belt. Unless the only other way is he goes up and fights Stipe. <clears throat> heavyweights, still a little... Heavyweights weak as well. Um... You have Stipe, Champ, then you have Daniel Cormier, who's got one or two fights left in them. One of them he wants as Daniel Cormier, or as Stipe. You have Nganu, who could possibly hold the belt because he just touches anyone and they go to sleep, which is he's fighting against Rosenstreich. Um, you have Ford being Junior Dos Santos, who's coming off of, you know, he's <clears throat> he's coming off of that loss against Curtis Blades. Before that, he lost against Nganu. He beat Derek Lewis. It just... So he's on a two-fight losing streak. He's still sitting at number four. That's how weak the division is. Rosenstroik, he's fighting Nganu next. You have Derek Lewis, who's fighting tomorrow. And then Volkov, Overeem. I just don't see this division being very strong. It's going to be like a three-person race and then everybody else. But 45, 55, 70, I think those are just the divisions that are going to conquer 2020. We're going to have so many good fights lined up. I, I don't think we're really going to have boring fights in that division, those divisions because they're so stacked that even like number eight versus number 13 is still a really good fight. Either of those guys are two fights away from a, from a title shot. And, you know, I'm really excited to see about tomorrow's results. I, I personally don't think John Jones is going to lose. I think he's going to run away with it. No problem. He's going to make a statement against Dominic Reyes. Um, but I see that's how it's going to go. I say John Jones, Valentina Shevchenko, and Derek Lewis win their fights, no problem. And the reason I'm not mentioning the other ones isn't because they're not important. You have Juan Adams versus Justin Taffa, and then Mirsad Bektik versus Dan Ige. Uh <clears throat> Neither of these fights are really going to be putting either of the guys in the top, in title contention. Like, so I don't, that's why I'm not mentioning them. But Derek Lewis versus Ilir Tifi. Derek Lewis wins one fight, maybe two more, title shot. Uh, Valentina's going to rule that division. She's going to rule 35, or she's going to rule uh, 25, no problem. But that's what we see going on with this, and I hope you guys have a good day. This has been Technical Talkout. Thank you for stopping by.